Yes, You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And I'm Shelby, and I'm here with Matt. Yep, yep, yep. We are back again. <laughs> yes. What a week. What a moment. We thought this would be a sleepy a sleepy week as far as films go, but it's turned out to be a pretty uh, lively one, I'd say. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The Hustlers stuff, things mm-hmm. coming out of the Toronto Film Festival, mm-hmm. Goldfinch, <laughs> uh, uh, SNL casting news. Yes. There's so much. Beyonce's got a new special. I mean, we have things to discuss. Mm-mm-mm. Yes. Did we get a review, though, or is that just... No, we did not <gasps> yet again. So, like, this is really disheartening for me. <laughs> like, how hard do we have to beg, you know? I know. This is like a couple <laughs> weeks in a row. But I feel like we usually beg on this, so maybe we should beg on the main podcast oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. We'll try it out. Yeah. See how it feels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay, because there's lots to talk about, lots to um, get into. Um, so, Matt, do you have something for uh, Tell Me Something I Don't Know? Yes. I was transfixed by this story this week. <laughs> I like kept coming back to it. The developments kept coming in slowly but surely. Vulture was like very on top of this story. It's the new SNL cast was released. Did you follow this at all, Shelby? Oh, I mean, yes. <laughs> it kind of just showed why I don't like SNL. But, but yeah, I, I saw the news. But give us an update. Yeah, so early in the week, SNL announces their new casting lineup, that they're adding three people to the show. Bowen Yang, who's the first ever Asian American cast member, and who has a podcast called Los Culturistas. He was a writer on SNL in previous seasons, like, great choice. Also, this actress named Chloe Fineman, who some of you may know from Instagram. She does a lot of celebrity impressions that are really funny. I was, like, vaguely aware of her beforehand. Mm -hmm. And then this third guy named Shane Gillis, who was, like, a (laughs) stand-up comedian. Okay, whatever. Who cares? Well, not more than, like, an hour or two after this cast announcement comes out, is there an article that's like, hey, actually, Shane Gillis is a racist and he posted like a weird video podcast like i guess he has a podcast but they also record it the like on video and put it on youtube which seems strange (laughs) we're not doing that so we should try it one time thank your blessings no 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 the the, uh, as annoying as our voices are i feel like (laughs) we don't want my face being uh, being associated with this podcast no um so It's announced that he, or not announced, but it's leaked that he has this past year made this podcast where him and a friend are going on this long racist rant against Asian people, specifically Chinese people. They're using racial slurs, like Mm -hmm. bad ones. And it's like, this is not a good look, SNL, that while you cast your first Asian American (laughs) cast member, you're also casting this guy who is clearly a racist. And this isn't like, oh, a tweet from 2004 that resurfaced. This was like, earlier this year (laughs) yeah so then people are like all in on okay let's see what else we can find about this guy and they find another video of him talking about andrew yang the democratic Mm. uh presidential candidate also calling him a racial slur and then they find videos of him saying the like f word the racial slur for homosexual people Mm -hmm. and then they get on 
they contact the comedy club that he used to be a part of in Philadelphia. And apparently he was kicked out of the comedy club because he was such a toxic presence there (laughs) and was using all kinds of like inappropriate language. And in order to be kicked out of a comedy club, like you have to actually be like real bad. You know what I mean? Because comedy is sort of like about pushing the limit a little bit. So you have to be like way across the line before they're like, dude, you can't come back here anymore. Yeah, no, he's just really edgy. He's just like really brave. You know, he's pushing boundaries. He's just like a really good comedian. So he releases this statement on Twitter via like the notes app Mm -hmm. that says, look, guys, like the reason why I'm a funny comedian and the reason why I was honest and I was because I take risks and I push the limit. And sometimes people are going to take offense to that. But like, that's not my problem. You know, I'm I'm just pushing the limit. And people rightly were like. Uh, one, your bits were not actually funny. They oh. were just like full of racist comments and you shouldn't be on SNL. So then these petitions started going around. Okay, we need to get rid of him. He shouldn't be cast. People are reaching out to the other cast members to see if they have comments. Pe- people reaching out to past cast members. Other celebrities are <laughs> getting in on the drama, like calling mm-hmm. him out on social media. Well, finally, four days later... SNL announces, yeah, he's cut. He's not going to be on the show. And then he releases another statement today that's like, look, I'm going to count this as a win either way. I was funny enough to get (laughs) cast, which means I'm hilarious. And also, I I liked Mad TV more than I liked SNL anyways. Which is just... Like, a totally gross and also, like, idiotic thing to say. Like, yeah. uh, I think and SNL released this statement that was like, well, we did. We wish that we had vetted our cast members better. And it's like, yeah, it clearly this <laughs> didn't take a lot of work to find. So maybe check this out more. Yeah, I think the m- main moral of the story really is just don't trust Shanes. You know, I've never met a cool Shane. I just don't name your kid Shane. Don't hang out with Shanes. Don't hire Shanes. Now I'm trying to think of people I know named Shane. There's not a single good one. There's one in my Shane Dawson. I don't. I'm looking. (laughs) I'm looking up Shane on IMDb. Give me a give me a hot second. Let's see who the top Shanes are in the world. I've never heard of any of these people. (laughs) Shane West was apparently in a walk to remember oh, oh that's yeah, the guy yeah, yeah. that's the main guy yeah shane black yeah who is like a writer girl, on just... kiss kiss bang bang <laughs> shane You're brady whose picture on imdb is shirtless <laughs> yeah. no I mean, shane mcray who is in sneaky pete was okay. he, uh, good point all... good point yeah I mean, I felt like as soon as I saw this guy's face as I started watching his YouTube video, I was just like, this guy isn't even funny. He's not pushing boundaries. He's making the laziest joke there is. It's like, this is what 12-year-olds say in the playground. Like, you're not pushing boundaries. You're just being a dick, you know? Like, I just, I was just, it's disturbing how into themselves those two guys were as they were making these dumb jokes and these truly horrific slurs towards people they they had no business talking about except that they just thought anything they say is worth recording and putting on the interwebs it was just uh, a low point for humanity as a whole yes and 
And clearly we are not above just talking about whatever and putting it on the <laughs> internet. But we like to think that we have at least yeah. curated these thoughts in some slight manner, even, no matter yeah. how small it is. Yeah. I have a printout in front of me of <laughs> actual things to discuss. So Exactly. We try, you know, and we're not making slurs. So that's a win for us, too. But yes. I'm glad that SNL finally uh, got rid of him. But did you also see that one web's? I don't remember which magazine, but one like social media account for a major news site used the wrong Asian when they announced the first yes. Asian yes. cast member. The Hollywood Reporter, yes. instead of putting a picture of <laughs> Bo and Yang, put a picture of Joel Kim Booster. And then they tried to blame it on some kind of weird like computer algorithm. <gasps> they were like, oh, this wasn't our fault. It was like we had the right picture, but the computer pulled up the wrong one. And it's like, <laughs> um, yeah, right. Okay. Mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> Yeah, so not a great week for SNL news and racism in media. But um, there was also some cries of racism with the Emmys. They had their Creative Arts Awards this last weekend. Yes. And uh, this is like more of the technical stuff, sort of the behind the scenes stuff, a lot of weird random awards. But Beyonce was nominated for, I think, six categories for her homecoming which you're a huge fan of. I think everyone in the world recognizes the technique that went into it on all levels. And people thought she was going to sweep this, but she ended up winning zero. And the wildest one was this, first of all, the outstanding technical direction, which if you even watch the show, just the shots they get, the way they use camera work and all that was just amazing. And they didn't get this award, but it also lost to James Corden. Uh, How did you I feel know. about this, Matt? I I had a lot of thoughts. I didn't realize <laughs> back when the Emmy announcements came out, the Emmy nominations, I was like, okay, good. Beyonce is going to get her Emmy. Like, let's check another thing off this box mm-hmm. as she marches her way to the EGOT. Because she's been nominated before, but she hasn't won. Yeah. And, but I, for whatever reason, didn't uh, process that it was going to be on the Creative Arts Night. I just assumed mm-hmm. that they were going to announce something or another during the actual Emmy. So I really wasn't paying attention. And then I saw the on Twitter that she hadn't won anything. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what in the <laughs> heck beat her? That was a masterpiece. <laughs> and then I saw it was friggin' James Corden and his stupid carpool karaoke. And I was like, mm-hmm. which dead beats were voting for this? Because clearly <laughs> it was people who had not watched Homecoming and who had seen one of them crappy like let's get share in the car and sing uh, yeah. james corden just continues <laughs> to be a source of irritation for me like he just pops up everywhere he he thinks he's a great singer i mean which like sure fine whatever but you don't have to shoehorn that into every single frigging bit he's just so desperate uh, for attention and it's, it's it. sad and annoying yeah And I'm like, really? Beyonce is giving you artistry. Like, she spent (laughs) months, years planning this. It took so much time and effort. It was such a huge ensemble. Like, all of those dancers, everybody. And James Corden just drives around in a car with friggin' Missy Elliott for (laughs) two hours. And then they give him an Emmy for it. Like, a couple of me. What is this world coming to? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of think pieces out there about how Beyonce, you know, she continues to be paid dust, like on these award circuits. She's not really getting attention. And a lot of people think like as soon as it became more focused on like her blackness, focused on this African culture. And, you know, obviously the Coachella performance was a huge. She paid tribute to a lot of levels of that. 
And so now people are like, oh, well, it's not for me. So I don't care about it. I don't watch it. I don't care. I don't want to reward it. And it's just like it kind of feels a little shady, a little unfair and a little sad that, yeah, these voters are just I mean, who knows? They're just like these old people who just think it's cool to I, I, I don't know. They're just not thinking about it and their biases are coming out. And it's just an unfortunate insight into our continued <laughs> troubled psyche here. But there is a bright side because Beyonce, (laughs) as we know, was part of Shelby's favorite movie of this year, The Lion King. And she created that whole extra album, The Gift, which also features her song. um, You forgot. I know what it is. (laughs) Spirit. (laughs) Yeah. Fake fan, though, for a few minutes there. Okay, calm down. (laughs) Anyways, she has Spirit, which hopefully will be headed toward the Oscars. And this week, it was just announced that ABC is running a special on how she put together that whole extra album, The Gift, and it's going to be running on television. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, this is Beyonce gearing up trying to win this Oscar. She's going to prove to everybody yet again how much work and thought and time goes into these projects that she's working on. And if you are not going to give her the Oscar, it is not going to be because she did not try. (laughs) It is going to be because frigging terrible old racist people (laughs) give it to whatever song comes out of cats yes exactly and i mean she should be getting it i mean she's thirsty for it right like it seems like she's the writer producer director of this special she's really gunning for that emmy or oscar or whatever it'll qualify Yeah, maybe this special will get her the (laughs) emmy next year yeah so fingers crossed for her because i mean she wants it she's working for it for it she's like earned it so did you did you care about any of the other creative arts awards you know i sort of was looking at them handmaid's tale won a decent amount even though it's not like really nominated for things there's a weird like cutoff yeah where handmaid's tale as a se- as a season couldn't be nominated this time but individual episodes could so it could win in these like lower tier categories mm-hmm. and the fact that it won a lot made me sort of think well People are looking for ways not to reward Game of Thrones. I mean, Game (laughs) of Thrones also won a ton of these technical awards, but it sort of made me hopeful that Game of Thrones would not win the big categories. So we'll see. But also Mrs. Maisel won a bunch of stuff. So like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Chernobyl won a bunch of things. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, those are coming up next week. I like I forgot about it. Yeah, you better. We better be watching these uh, these shows. We got one week left before we're recording our Emmy yeah. episode. So, do you have any other any uh, another story or? Uh... Well, I just want to touch base really quick on the Sean Mendes Camila Cabello oh, no. weird relationship <laughs> kissing saga that we've seen because yeah. they released this strange video on Instagram. I think mm-hmm. where they're sort of like leaning in to kiss each other and then camilla <laughs> sticks her tongue out and it's sort of like this we- it's not even like a makeout it's sort of they're just like rubbing their faces yeah. together and her tongue is out of her mouth it's very <laughs> strange and i think that they were like well you thought that we weren't a couple like watch this or oh we didn't kiss the vmas and you wanted well we'll give you something Wait, really so sloppy did you watch but for it? me did you listen to the clip or you just saw the kissing part 
No, I watched it. Why? Well, I mean, I think they were poking fun. Like, it wasn't like, oh, here's a good kiss. Like, I think they were being facetious, you know? Yes. Yes, they were. But I think that they were like, I think they were trying to be facetious in that it would somehow go like right, speak right. to the fact that it's an actual yeah. relationship. And for me, it did the opposite. <laughs> it was just like, well, clearly this is a PR weird yeah. move. Like it was pretty uncomfortable. And what was funny is their own fans were like, wait, this wasn't filmed this weekend. This was filmed like over two months ago when you guys were at this event, you were wearing the same clothes. So why did you film it and then wait to post it now? Like what's going on? So very interesting, very fishy. It, is a weird i just don't buy them and i wish they'd just stop talking about themselves because then maybe i'd accept it more but it does just feel more and more like they're reaching for something and i don't know what they're hoping to get out of this yeah it and i don't want to bring up rumors but you know there are rumors (laughs) as to why they would be in this relationship and he needs to do a better job okay needs to take a page out of this book and learn how to use a beard (laughs) yeah (laughs) Uh, Taylor I just now listen to all of the songs that Taylor Swift has written in the last like five years as if they're about Carly Kloss and the whole narrative like really works for me at this point it does yeah there's some really provocative like powerpoints I can send you that will just like send you down this rabbit hole and you'll just come out believing in it because this this is my take on that situation. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, there's a lot of people on the internet who think that Taylor Swift was actually in love with her ex-best friend, Carly Kloss, and that mm-hmm. they had some kind of like breakup or whatever, and that all of these romantic songs that Taylor has written about people like betraying her or whatever are not about her 100 million boyfriends, but are actually about Carly Kloss. <laughs> and... <Okay. laughs> and and it, it makes sense. I think that Carly <laughs> just thought it was a friendship. Taylor thought it was something more. Maybe something's happened. Oh, Maybe something's didn't. Yeah, that's an and, interesting reading. Well, it's everybody's reading, but also no, most people think that they were in a relationship. No, 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 yes, clearly not. Yes, 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 yes. Well, maybe other people <laughs> think, think, but that's Taylor not what a, it is. They think Taylor has been a closeted lesbian for a long time. Like they think she was but, in a relationship with Diana. Argon from Glee, and that I think a lot of red is about her. Taylor Swift could very well be a closeted <laughs> lesbian, but I don't think that Carly Kloss knew that fully <laughs> when she was going into it. You know no, what I mean? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you should write some like fan fiction about this. I think it could be really interesting. <laughs> I'm not gonna write fan fiction, Shelby. <laughs> Oh, you're above that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot. Um, I have to bring us down a level, too, because um, uh, it's time for some Bachelor news. Oh, gosh. What's been great about this season is just how popular the men have become. Wait, there's and, like, a season that's on now? Well, no. I mean, the last oh. se- the most oh, recent okay. season. And I was then like, there's my Bachelor gosh. in Paradise that's happening right now. And so yeah. a couple of the guys have been on that as well. But um, Demi Lovato sort of was watching the show and kept tagging and like commenting on one of the contestants, Mike, who is the cutest, like sweetest, has the best smile. And she was just, you know, a fan talking about how cool he was. But then he started commenting on her stuff. And there was all this like you know, twittering about like, oh my gosh, are they actually like going to hook up? Like, are they dating? Because of course we've talked about it, but Tyler C who's like a God among men is now dating Gigi Hadid. 
And then on top of that, from a few years ago, you have Wells, who is now engaged to Sarah Hyland from Modern Family. Yes. So a few of these like C-list celebrities have been able to claw their way up to the top. And now everyone's waiting to see if this Mike and Demi Lovato is going to be a love connection because um, he he like commented on her. She recently made a post about like self-love and um, I, I don't know, just like a non-filtering sort of thing. And he commented and was like, look at me like that again with like a hard eye emoji. And so people were like, oh my gosh, like what does that mean? Are they hanging out? And then someone asked Dave, Mike Johnson, like, have you been seeing each other? And he's like, no, we haven't connected yet, but I think she's sexy and she has a great voice and I'd be interested in going on a date. And then they were just seen on a date, Matt. It's happening. Oh my gosh. So well, this is a whole new, this is a whole new ball game then for all of I these know. bachelor people. They are all going to just be trolling social media, commenting to every <laughs> famous person they can find about going on dates. Exactly. It's like no one's going to be on the show for the right reasons anymore. They're just going to be trying to land like a Gigi or a or a star. Do you pop think star, I you know? could go on the show and get Emma Stone to date me? <laughs> oh, Is that a possibility? <laughs> uh, maybe you should watch the show and then you'll see like who you'd be competing with, you know. <laughs> I feel like I'm clearly more likable and entertaining yeah, yeah. and yeah, less crazy. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I I mean, the thing about all these guys, though, is that they're really nice guys. Like, they're really nice guys. Like, they're, they're like, the best what is that supposed friends to mean? of everyone in the house. Everyone loves them. They're nice to everyone. They're just, like, really nice, you know? So Are you saying this. that I couldn't <laughs> pretend to be nice for a TV show for three weeks in order to win some of these celebrities over? <laughs> We'll see, I guess. But um, if Emma Stone is who you're after, I mean, I feel like that's kind of like, you know, this is Sarah Hyland and Demi Lovato and like Gigi. It's not freaking Emma Stone. So well, just keep your expectations a little lower, maybe. <laughs> okay, so who should I be going for then? Like the other dumpy girl from Modern Family? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she might be a little young for you, though. Don't be creepy. She can't be that young. <laughs> She's definitely like tw- in her 20s. Uh, I don't know. I've, I haven't watched that show in a while. Sarah Hyland so. and I have the same birthday. Oh my gosh. That is so cute. Yeah. Congrats Exciting to stuff you. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Any other stories that you want to bring in? We have really covered the gauntlet today know, of all I kinds know. of We've weird things. All around. No, I think those are the highlights for me. I mean... Felicity Huffman was sentenced to prison, yep. but Lori Laughlin is the one we're waiting to see, like what happens mm-hmm. there. So yes, yes, and Taylor Swift was in love with Carly Clausen. It was unrequited. Okay, <laughs> um, love it or hate it. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Oh boy, I'll I'll go first. I feel like I never go first. Okay, go this for it. This is my moment. <laughs> my love it or hate it should come as a surprise to absolutely no one, but mostly not to you because I haven't shut up about this for the last two weeks. But Hustlers, you guys, it exceeds every expectation I had. I loved it so much. I thought it was so good. For those of you who maybe haven't heard of this, it is the J-Lo, Constance Wu, um, stripper um, 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 movie. Um, ex- um, ex- um, excuse me, Shelby. 
in all references, Constance Wu must be listed first. She's the production company sent out a memo to all media outlets that you must not call this a Jennifer Lopez movie. It is a Constance <laughs> Wu movie that happens to have Jennifer Lopez in it. So if you could please restart okay, your see, statement, that'd be this great. This is the problem with um, with modern media is that you are getting stuck on the drama and not talking about the actual talent involved in the making of this film because it was just an absolute delight. And you know what? Constance Wu, she can be a diva if she wants. She deserved it. She earned it. And and both of them were so good. I loved every second of it. I thought it was so well done, well crafted, well written, well acted. Um, the music was out of this world. Like the story was so interesting. I'm just obsessed with it. I think one, what's most shocking is Jennifer Lopez just looks freaking unreal. And her entrance into the movie is like a very shocking um, pole dance and you're like sitting there like thinking oh my gosh this woman is literally 50 years old and I cannot believe that this is what she looks like but then it turns into a movie that's like very smart and interesting and kind of explores the stock market crash of 2008 and like how it affects how it affected these like the little men you know it was sort of like I saw it pitched in a tweet as sort of the wolf of wall street for women and I really enjoyed that because it's like directed by a woman and written by a woman and produced by women. And it was just, it really benefited from this like ultra feminist angle because it could have, you know, in the hands of any other director, it could have turned into sort of this like, I don't know, like over sex, sort of cheesy, melodramatic catty show about those dirty nasty little strippers but this was really humanizing and i just adored it i also saw hustlers this weekend Mm -hmm. and the jennifer lopez stuff is phenomenal Mm -hmm. she yeah her first scene is she just comes out and does like basically a whole set on this pole and the fact that she's 50 and can do all of this and also as a famous actress would sign up to be like yes let me be like basically naked on screen for a good (laughs) five minutes was wild and then she continues to be great through the whole movie i'm excited to see the oscar campaign that they launch for her specifically because i think she definitely could have a shot at best supporting actress and i really liked the rest of the cast as well i thought it was great and a lot of fun and a fun movie as a whole i did not like constance Wu in it i thought that she was kind of just (laughs) you're a hater and then also my bigger complaint with the movie and what what separated it from like absolutely fantastic to just like really good was that I felt like the movie is based on real life events, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I felt that they could have just used a little bit more smoothing out of like, let's make this a cohesive story and let's maybe like take out some of the realistic details. Cause there just seemed to be one or two, too many like kind of weird either tangents or extra characters or weird moments there's this whole plot line of the fact that this movie's based on a on an article in new york magazine so it's like the journalist interviewing constance Wu about these events and i sort of just wish that they had taken that out of that and just done the story without this weird journalistic spin and then kept the girls from the first half of the movie through the second half of the movie because like cardi b was so great and i understand (laughs) that in real life like yeah cardi b wasn't a part of the 
sting or whatever like her character wasn't but like her and Lizzo were so great early that I wanted them later and Lily Reinhardt from Riverdale was surprisingly good like put her (laughs) in the first half the movie there was some uh, extra random people thrown about that they could have like trimmed out I don't know I I really liked it but I felt like it could have used a little bit of finessing that's so interesting because you just came out of like two three hour long movies and we're so hyped on like once upon a time in hollywood which i would say struggled with the same issues and it which i mean i guess you pointed out could have been trimmed a little but you're also stoked about the irishman because you think the director is so good you trust his hours long well it's but here's the thing. It's not so much as the movie is too long. It's just that there were parts of it that I was sort of like, did we need this? I think it could have been tighter. I am very skeptical of the four hour long runtime of The Irishman. <laughs> I think it will be a good movie, but I bet there's big chunks that you can take out yeah. of it. And the whole thing with um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is that it's very like atmospheric-y kind of. I don't know. It's a different type of movie mm-hmm, than this mm-hmm. is. I don't know. I really did like the Hustler, Hustlers yeah. a lot. And I thought that, like, Kiki Palmer, fantastic. Mm-hmm. J-Lo, great. Constance yeah. Wu, meh. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's was, my takeaway. It was the bangs. The bangs were pretty distracting. But I also just think this movie, and maybe why I, like, loved seeing so many different characters come in and out, it was just, like, like at the heart of it, it was just a movie about, like, female friendship and the complexity of all that and like the rise and fall of it and I just it was really refreshing to see a women's story told by women and I think you can just see the difference in something like that versus any other movie that's trying to be (laughs) female driven that maybe misses the mark a little bit it's like why the Wonder Woman that we actually got was was so much better than the Wonder Woman we almost got with Zack Snyder's script and so I just really enjoyed every minute in that theater and I've been hyping it up to literally everyone I know. But it was also just such a fun little time capsule of the (laughs) 2010s, just the way they use music and costuming. It was just mesmerizing to see it captured so well. It's also shot in New York, like in a lot of places Mm -hmm. near my apartment. So that was really fun (gasps) to watch the bar that they keep going to where they like pick up all of the guys (laughs) is literally like one block from me. Like I go by every time I go for a run. So did you see JLo? Did you see them um, filming? Did I, the question you're asking is, did I see Constance Wu and (laughs) JLo? Not just (laughs) JLo. But did you? No, I did not. Unfortunately. Too bad. Yeah, no, it was great. It was a true love it. And it's really high on my um my list so far. So it'll be interesting to see. Like we walked out of it, Rob, my husband and I walked out of it and we were both like, wow, I think that was like the first true Oscar contender that we have seen this year. But I guess if you count once upon a time in Hollywood, that's not true, but whatever. And you're not counting little? 
as an Oscar contender? <laughs> I the don't great know film where Little? this myth that I Love Little came from. That but you forced us on. to what watch? Did you, what did you, what's your love it or hate it? My love it or hate it I am bringing back to the podcast to reassess is Succession. Because I have been <laughs> watching it this week and I am obsessed. This is like my favorite show ever. And you didn't like it because the people were unlikable, which is very true. But... It is like all of the King's Landing parts of Game of Thrones, but if everybody was just a little bit dumber and then it's set in New York. And I just cannot stop watching the drama. And there's this episode in the first season where they're there's like an office coup and they're trying to like get out the the leader, but they need a certain mem- number of people on this board to vote that they should get rid of like the CEO of the company and replace him. And I have never been like had so much adrenaline watching an episode <laughs> of television as like watching everybody like get together in this meeting. And it's like, will they, will they get rid of him? Won't they get rid of him? And one person is late to the meeting and he's like sprinting and on the phone and his vote matters. And I was just like, this is amazing TV. They're just all so dumb. It's so frustrating. That's the best part, though. They're so (laughs) funny and they're so dorky and laughable and the weird stuff that they're doing. And they all think they're making like moves that are screwing over each other when really they're just screwing over themselves. It's like... (laughs) So it's you top think notch it's comedy. A comedy? Like, am I just missing it? Like, I just it just feels like a drama that missed its mark. But maybe I just haven't been watching it with the. I right mean, eyes. The, Adam McKay, who did The Big Short, and also Will Ferrell are both producers on Succession. So to me, that okay. speaks to the fact that it's it is a drama, but you're supposed to think that the characters are funny in sort of right. a dark, humorous way. So did you finish it? No, season I'm one? I'm I'm almost done with season one. Mm, but whoa, mm. <laughs> you're in for something, man. <laughs> oh, I cannot <laughs> wait. Uh. Yeah, <laughs> you know what's interesting is Will Ferrell also. Well, his company also produced um, Hustlers, so this just became a pro Will Ferrell um, podcast. And Will Ferrell did uh, Good Boys. Oh my gosh! Look at that. <laughs> So we need sponsors he's just everywhere. Will Ferrell. I know. Who knew? Crazy. Well, this has been a long pop culture recap, so we go. should probably wrap this up. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the the main takeaway, if you take anything away, is to go see Hustlers because um, it's killing it in the box office, and you want to be a part of this. So, I thought the main takeaway is that Taylor Swift is in love with Kylie Claus, <laughs> and Shelby really likes the movie Little. That was my yeah. two takeaways from this episode. <laughs> oh, dear. Your Hope actual takeaway should be leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm, yeah, 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 yeah. And right, also follow right. us on social media. We're at PSU Wrong on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. We have a Gmail account that's at that's PSU Wrong at gmail.com. We'll be back on Thursday with a special guest <laughs> to talk about The Goldfinch, a movie that I thought was going to do better in the box office than it did. So if you st- <laughs> want to come back and listen to Shelby berate me... <laughs> Uh, that will be That'll on be Thursday. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs>